Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are all genuine 5 to 10 minutes stories. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider, another story. Today we have Sally. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and Sally and I were talking about, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about Arabs, but yeah. before that we were talking about... Um, how I don't match what I look like. Oh yeah, no, we can leave that bit. <laughs> we can leave that bit out. No, there was a bit in between, but um, I can't remember what it is. But Sally's worked with the wealthy, the um, the wealthy and um, Arabs, and she's going to tell us some stories of what it's like to cater for these super wealthy Arabs. So over to you. So, God, where do I begin? Well, we can start with how you got into the job. I just fell into it. I was a friend was working at the Lucas Company, and so I um, went and joined. And so I ended up doing about two years there, um, and it was 24-7. I had to, I think my Christmas was ruined once, my Easter was ruined once, because they suddenly decided they needed to fly over. And uh, in 12 hours notice, you had to get a chef, you had to get um, the house decorated with flowers, candles, food, the works. Um, it was mental. We flew to um, New York in a private jet and uh, there was 20 staff. What, on the jet? On the jet, 20 of us. There was me, her personal assistant. There was four personal trainers, two personal stylists, uh, four security. There were, who else was there? Oh, four butlers. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Um, Wait, I had, don't these Arabs have these people with them all the time anyway? Yeah, so she, yeah, so the butlers would come with her from, um, from Abu Dhabi or Dubai or wherever they're from. And they will stay, um, they, yeah, they basically will wait in them hand and foot. Most of them are from uh, the Philippines. Philippines, yeah, I was going to say that. They're, yeah, they have the most insane work ethic, the most lovely people in the world. Um, but yeah, if she said jump, you literally would just say how high. You had to just, whatever she wanted. I had to buy rose petals every uh, time she came over for her bath. Um, because... She just wanted them on the water. She liked rose petals in her bath. Every time she came over, I had to buy her candles the whole way around her house. They cost about uh, two grand every time she came over. And you couldn't have a candle, which was half, kind of half done. They had to be full every time. Um, it was quite the experience. The super rich. The super, super and wealthy. She, was, is she like a wife? So she was, uh, she's the second wife. So as the second wife, you kind of, you do get a bit more freedom than the first. I mean, the first is very much there to make the heir, the heir to the throne, I guess. Um, oh, these were kings or sultans? Yeah, so they were part of the royal family. Oh, okay. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've had, we had the most ridiculous requests 
like at the company so we looked after people from all over the world mine just happened to be from the middle east but other ones we had we wanted they wanted to get like vietnamese cats we had to find and we had to find they have to be purebred as well oh my they? god literally the requests that we used to get they were laughable but you had to do it and it was uh it was it was funny so every time they put in a quest it excuse me it just gets more and more eccentric every time oh my god it's yeah oh yeah there's like no boundaries no boundaries like we i flew to japan once and literally at two o'clock at night she would be like right i want to go to tokyo tomorrow at 8 a.m and so you'd be up all night packing she yeah she literally didn't lift a finger everything would just work like clockwork so I just have to organise everything and make sure it all worked. Um, but uh, luckily the security were like Essex boys, so it was quite nice to have them. Some uh, normalities and British <laughs> so normal ex- folk. Ex-military? Uh, some of them were actually. Yeah, they were. And we'd, uh, at the end of the day, literally have a glass of wine and just giggle about the day the day we've just had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, when we like went travelling, we never knew how long we were going to go for. So I went out to Japan thinking it was going to be about four or five days and ended up being there for about two and a half weeks and just had no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you I mean, get any downtime yourself or you just kind of no, sleep not, when she sleeps? Yeah, exactly. Like you, She's you asleep, get, everybody. Okay, go. Yeah, go sleep, sleep. <laughs> literally. And then she would, uh, yeah, she would, once she's up, she's up. It was, yeah, you don't get much privacy. But it's really sad, actually, because a lot of these really rich Middle Easterns, their friends are the people that work for them. So, like, she would expect you to, you know, join her for breakfast, lunch, dinner, because you were her friends. So, uh, it was, it is sad. But, uh, no, I was very lucky that, actually, she was super sweet and... Oh, she's a nice person. She was a nice person, but she, you know, you've, when you have that much money, you are, you expect you know the best and I guess you're paying for it as well so um so could you speak out your mind with her oh my god no <laughs> I absolutely not it's not worth it there's no way I'd do that no I was uh, I absolutely loved it um I'm trying to think like what other stories there were she never asked you your opinion on anything yeah no she did she would ask my opinion which was nice that she kind of trusted me and would you give um, a politically correct answer or would you just oh uh, yeah no i'd have actually to. i think no actually sometimes i did probably speak my mind but it yeah. was how did she take that uh she don't know she was quite open she was quite welcoming of other um but at the end of the day whatever she wants she has mm. but it's a it's it's absurd i mean she literally didn't do anything for herself um i mean she had a clothes rack the personal stylist would have her clothes laid out for her literally down to like the pair of socks she's going to wear everything was laid out for her she'd have like a day outfit an evening outfit her pajamas all laid out for her every day um she'd have a massage every day um she yeah she had a personal masseuse and someone that basically worked in her bathroom and was like her masseuse and made sure that she was all um mm. taken care of i guess um but, uh, Did you ever see her husband? No, never met him. Never met him. So you just travelled with her, mm. and you never saw the husband. No, never met him. And I, some of the security guards who have worked for her for years and years, have probably only met him a few times. 
it's um it's such a bizarre world so it must be hard like so she never gets any attention to put it nicely so she she would she does um but it's very much like I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know really what happens out there, but I know there's been times where she would, you know, get fully dressed up to see him, and they would be in the room together for about five minutes, and then that would be it for a few weeks. It's a bizarre, it seems, it's such a bizarre way of life, but I guess to them it's normal. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, no, her family were lovely. She had a really nice, her brother was very sweet as well. But when she did, it was super full on, and you just had to drop anything. Like I had to leave my one of my best friends, Hindu, two days early because um, because I had to go and work her. So the reason you left? Mm -hmm. What was the reason you left? Because it's just, I mean, it's twenty four seven. You can't switch off. You cannot switch off. Mm. It's constant, and I just got to. I did it. I loved it. But then it's kind of the time was, it was time for me to move on. And uh, it's a far, I mean, if you work really hard and you carry it on, you could do very well. But I just couldn't do it. It was just exhausting. And it becomes, it engulfs your life. Like you become, I don't know. This and it's, it's really interesting as well how, I mean, staying in, I remember me and this personal stylist who was kind of similar age to me. So we were actually early 20s at the time. And she, um, me and her, found ourselves judging these five-star hotels, being like, oh, God, have you tried the sofa in this but in the, this hotel? And they'd be like, yeah, it's just awful compared to the last one. And we found ourselves becoming so judgmental and, like, I don't know, it was awful, even though we were staying in the most amazing places. So you, you, you um, became, you start to become like, like the lady. Yeah, you do. You become a bit like, I don't know, you suddenly expect everything from these amazing hotels but no I was super lucky to kind of I went to so many places which I never would have been to and stayed in the most incredible hotels and met some incredible people as well but uh it just yeah my time my time had to I couldn't do it anymore mm -hmm. <laughs> it absolutely drained me yeah where was the most interesting place that you went to um I I think Japan was insane we went down. To, we went to Japan, and we were there for about, I think, it, yeah, it was two and a half, three weeks by yeah. the end, um, and that was insane because she was there just travelling, seeing it. Although the one thing was is that her, she and her brother hate raw fish, so I didn't have one piece of sushi in Japan, which I was like gutted about. <laughs> so wait, wait, so because she didn't like raw fish, no one can eat it. No, you could, but it was she. You wouldn't go to a sushi place. You'd end up going to like an Italian or something. So, uh, but yeah, it, like on the table, she would, um, she like going out for a meal. She would just order um, about five, six different things because she didn't know what she wanted. She just taste. Yeah, just taste them all. I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, oh God, I remember going out to New York, and I had to, you know, you have to declare how much cash you've got on you. So I was like, you, and you're only allowed 10 grand, yeah. I think, on you. And um, anyway, customs came onto the plane because it was a private, a private jet. And so I was like, 
you need to declare how much cash you've got on you. Have you got more than 10 grand? And she kind of looked at me and I was like, right, we need to somehow, you know, if you've got more than 10 grand, we need to give it out to like everyone on the plane. So like, you know, everyone has a certain amount on them, um, which is completely fair. And uh, she had over a hundred grand just in cash, just on her. And then I had to go around and collect it from everyone. And then they suddenly was like, the security guard I was like god don't worry about her I've literally got a hundred grand in my bag right now of cash it's like look after me (laughs) 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 like don't worry about her Um, but it's yeah it's an extraordinary extraordinary way of life but uh, no I I do I do feel sorry for them it's a very I think it's a very lonely lonely do you think she do you think she was happy uh I like, yeah, to say, I think she was happy. And she did have a lot going for her. Like, she was very, um, uh, she, she did quite a lot for charity, which I liked because I don't think I could work for someone who was completely, like, self obsessed and didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, she did have quite a lot going for her. Which what did, kind of charities? Uh, so she actually, um, she did a lot for, like, disabilities. Okay. Yeah, so she actually, like, set up, um, a, a charity kind of which looked after um, children with disabilities, oh, quite severe disabilities, um, as from the UAE. So um, it, yeah, no, she was she she did have a lot going for her, oh. which um, made it a bit yeah easier. But I yeah I do kind of think money probably doesn't buy buy your happiness, yeah. and it doesn't. I mean, she doesn't have that many like as I said earlier, like mm. her friends are people who work for her, and that she's paying. Well. We're coming to the end here. Last two questions. Yeah. Would you encourage somebody who's younger to get into that industry? Oh my God, absolutely. If you can be a private PA, you can literally travel the world and you can meet some extraordinary people. So I definitely would. Mm. Uh, I would I would definitely go for it if you're young. Also, if you're driven, because it's not easy. <laughs> okay. And the last question is, What's the impact you want to have on the world? Oh my God, good question. Oh, I don't know. I work for, I work for a charity where I do crisis. I, um, it's a crisis charity. So I do uh, text conversations, I volunteer. Um, and a lot of it's kind of suicidal people. Um, which, uh, which, and I, I love working for the charity, mm-hmm. and so I think I just want to, I think just be kind and just make people happy, make people smile. Okay, well, thanks a lot for that, Sally. Much thanks a- for having me in your car. <laughs> Much it's been enjoyable. Okay, that's good. <laughs> We hoped you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8am and 5pm GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on earth and has done for many years, It holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday with a guest investor and Fridays talking about investment, politics and history, providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.